0: Welcome to Envision, fostering a community for change. Your host is Thomas Rosenberg. In today's program, you'll meet fascinating people who are implementing innovative ideas to make a difference both locally and globally. Now, here is Thomas Rosenberg.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Envision. I'm your host, Thomas Rosenberg, and today my guest is Ronnie Langer-Kroger. She is co-founder and CEO of Optima Business Bootcamp, which is headquartered in Oakland, California. Before bringing Ronnie into the conversation, I would like to highlight the role that accelerators and incubators can play in building a more regenerative community. Building successful local businesses can have a significant economic benefit. Studies over the past 15 years have shown that purchasing local goods and services have an average multiplier effect of 2.6. That means that every dollar spent ripples through the local economy an average of 2.6 times. Accelerators and incubators also support the development of the human capital required for a regenerative community. With that, I'd like to bring in Ronnie. So, Rani, hi and welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Thomas. Thank you very much. It's great to be here with you today.
1: I'm glad you could you could join us. So tell us about Optima Business Bootcamp.
2: Optima Business Bootcamp is a network of member-owned business accelerators that supports freelancers, small business owners, and startup founders in launching and growing their businesses in a holistic way. And when I say holistic, I mean, uh, what does business success mean for them? Not just the 100,000 articles I can read on the internet about what it means to be successful and the 10 ways that you can achieve success in business, but what is that deeply personal thing for them that means business success and personal success? And what kind of positive community impact do they want to make with their business? And when I said that we're a network of member-owned business accelerators, we're the first business accelerators that have been set up as cooperatives, where the people who come through our programs, the people who work through, work in them, and to a much lesser extent, the capital that seeds them, all have ownership of the accelerator. So they get a chance to invest in each other and have a say in how the accelerators are run.
1: Wow. That sounds very different from most of what I've I've heard with other accelerators and and incubators. So why is it so important for the personal aspects and people to really understand what they're trying to achieve from a personal perspective, but also looking at their social impact? Why is that so important for you to incorporate into Optima?
2: Well, it it, it really comes down to uh, a lot of the extractive practices that we have in business today. Um, you hear all the time, it's business, not personal. And to me, that's really a big part of the problem. We start to say that we can do this thing in business because it's its own entity and whatever happens over here um, doesn't matter uh, because it's not affecting me personally. And I really believe that the two aren't separable. Um, we have to look at at the whole person and the whole business together because um, it's that person's values that come into play in the business and we have a cognitive dissonance if our personal values are at odds with the business values and, and the business's actions. And In order to create a more regenerative economy, we've got to bring those two together.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. So you mentioned that there are both freelancers and other small businesses involved with Optima. So could you give us an overview of what Optima offers?
2: Yeah, we offer three programs. A freelancer accelerator that is six weeks long and is geared towards um, individuals who want to be self-employed or who are already self-employed and want to grow their business in personal, professional services, or as artists and musicians and writers. And we take them through a a process to really identify their core values and and what they want to get out of this business and what they want to give with this business, and looking at um, how they're providing services, what kind of um, pricing they should um, they should have for their services what kind of contractual arrangements should they have in place and how to market that and then come full circle around you know how do you achieve balance as a um, as a freelancer which can really take over your life mm-hmm. the second program that we offer is a small business and enterprise program that is up to a year long of support it's broken down into four 12 12-week modules that meet entrepreneurs uh, where they're at, at the different stages of launching a business, uh, where we take them through design thinking, lean startup methodologies, and they prototype and get feedback on that prototype through a demo evening, and then they they move on to thinking more about what their next steps are for that business. That leads into the second 12-week module, which is creating a business roadmap, and that's where they create a business plan and financial forecast, but do it in such a way that it's not not a business plan that sits on the shelf. They're implementing it on their website and uh, other aspects uh, of uh, what's going on in their business today. And then the third uh, 12-week module, we found that a business plan wasn't enough for people to go out and get funding. They really needed to build operational capacity, and so we take them through 12 weeks of really – looking at um, the operations of their business, how they collect data, how they can use that data to make informed decisions, and how they can create projects uh, to meet their goals in their business and manage those projects effectively. And then that leads to the fourth 12-week module, Funding a Business, where we help them identify the funding source or sources that uh, match up with their mission's vision, uh, mission, values, and goals, and really put in place the pieces for them to run a funding process, either as they're completing that program or right after they've completed that program. And then the third way that we work with people is through business advising services, and they don't fit into the, the cohort model of, of our um, different uh, programs. Mm-hmm.
1: And so mm-hmm. someone could just Call up and say I need I need some help with with this and it's it's a it's a shorter term engagement I assume.
2: Yes, the, where we do one on one business advising, we do an intake process where we understand uh, what their goals are and what their challenges are, and design a set of meetings and and work for them to do in their business and mm-hmm. get feedback from us.
1: Super. So, so how is, is this being received?
2: It's, it's been received very well. We we started in Oakland about three and a half years ago now in deep mm-hmm. partnership with Impact Hub Oakland. They invited us to be an office member here um, shortly after I um, worked on the first event at the hub, which was a startup weekend for black male achievement. And From there, we had our first small business cohort in September 2014 and our first freelancer cohort in February 2015. About 200 and over 220 people have gone through our programs in Oakland and uh, about half of them are probably still in business today. Um, You know, a lot of what we do is working with people in a lightweight of way of exploring if they even want to be in business for themselves, which is a success for us as well. And we recently expanded and have opened up our second business accelerator in San Francisco and are looking for our first cohort to start in September of this year.
1: That's fantastic. So how did you decide to expand to, to San Francisco?
2: I was in conversation around uh, a project called Runway Project. It's a national network uh, started by Jessica Norwood out of Mobile, Alabama. Um, she was looking at the friends and, fi- financing, friends and family financing gap for African-American entrepreneurs. And, you know, at the same time, I was having conversations with Conda about how um, Conda Mason, who runs Impact Hub Oakland, around how we have these really great entrepreneurs coming through our program and about 50% of them are African-American, uh, mostly women who knew about things like the capital stack by the time they finished our program, had a business plan were operating their business, making sales, but still couldn't access financing in the traditional ways. And these two conversations um, came together with, you know, Jessica and and with Conda um, to start this collaborative to pilot this friends and family financing at Oakland. Um, Through those conversations, um, I was also working with Kevin Jones from uh, SOCAP because that's where we announced the pilot program last year. And he said, are you, you know, this is a really unique model that you have here in in Oakland. Are you ready to scale it? And I thought about that for a minute and came back to him and said, yes, I'm, I'm ready to scale it. Um, how about San Francisco? Um, <laughs> let's just try this out. <laughs> and so here we are today through, you know, the relationship with the hub, um, through these synchronous conversations around the financing gap. And, you know, we, we were undertaking that second accelerator.
1: That's awesome. Were there other possible locations or was it always in your mind to jump into San Francisco first because it's right next door?
2: Well, we always started this as a potential to create a network. You know, even even looking at the Impact Hub network and, and other networks of business accelerators as well. And I didn't think it would really go that fast. Uh, I, so I had the intention of, of setting this up, setting up the infrastructure, testing out Oakland, you know, thinking about what the next location would be. And now we have San Francisco. Uh, have a, a few more locations in mind. Uh, we're, we're starting to get inquiries from... Places across the country, in Southern California, in New York, and uh, you know the middle of the country, and um, you know really want to, to to see how this replication in San Francisco works first uh, before we expand any further.
1: Okay, super, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So we have to take a short break right now, and we will continue our conversation with. Ronnie Longer-Kroger from Optima Business Bootcamp, and we'll be back in a moment.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: If you're seeking more confidence, it is time to feel good naked. Each week, host Laura Redman and her guest experts are here to help you be you. In order to truly be successful and happy, you need self-confidence, self-love, and self-respect. Feel Good Naked Radio will teach you how to embrace these qualities and make your life more fulfilling and meaningful. Listen live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be proud of who you really are from the inside out. You are listening to Envision with Thomas Rosenberg. To find out more about the program, please visit our website at regenerate.coach. That's regenerate.coach. You can also visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. Now back to Envision. Here again is Thomas Rosenberg.
1: Welcome back to Envision. We're here with Ronnie Wanger Kroger co-founder and CEO of Optima Business Bootcamp in Oakland, California, and we were talking about Optima's recent expansion to a second location. So, Ronnie, I wanted to ask you, too, about uh, your your background. You know, how how did you get to, what was your journey getting to found or to co-found Optima?
2: Thank you. That's a great question. It's, a, it's kind of a long and winding road, but uh, just to kind of Set everything in perspective, you know, my entire life has been around um, social and economic justice in a way. And that goes all the way back to the, you know, when I was born. Uh, my parents came to the United States about a year before I was born. Um, they came here with a few thousand dollars, a few suitcases, and, and my brother. Uh, and even in their limited abundance, they wanted to complete their family with a daughter, and that's how I came into the picture. They adopted me at a very early age, and now with you know two kids, and um, you know in the United States, um, they needed to you know take on some some jobs um, to to make the family financially sustainable. And one of those jobs that my mom took on was. Banding together with the lady down the street to clean people's houses—the so story of, of many immigrants—they um, cleaned people's houses and got paid in cash. And at the end of the day, they would split the profits. When they did that, they put me down on the floor and I'd play uh, while they cleaned. I didn't know that at the time, but what they were doing was cooperative economics. And um, you know, the rest of my journey—I went, I got a chance to go to a good college. Um, racked up some student debt and had to put aside um, any idealism I had around social and economic justice for a little while and took a job in investment banking and uh, to pay down that debt. And something was always gnawing at me uh, about that. And in 2008, I got a chance to get out of investment banking through a round of layoffs Uh, during the mortgage crisis, and start to pursue something that was a little bit closer to my heart. Um, I had the opportunity to work with an entrepreneur that was starting an educational organization um, in in higher ed to um, disrupt some of the issues that were happening in community colleges around not being able to transfer credits um, interstate or... Um, from community colleges to private institutions uh, to complete their bachelor degrees. And so I worked on that for, for a few years, and um, part of my job there was to help raise capital. Uh, we raised about $30 million of venture capital um, to support this organization. And then I took on a few other activities doing special projects. Uh, one of those special projects was to go through an independent accreditation process for the, the school that we were creating um, through this venture-backed business, and that's where I got a chance to, to meet my co-founder um, in this endeavor. And he, uh, he and I um, went through this accreditation process in, in deep. Um, deeply looking at the challenges in higher education and what was going on on the for-profit side where the capital was really putting a lot of pressure on growth at the expense of student outcomes and on the nonprofit side where there wasn't a lot of capital, human or financial capital, but a a good mission, not not enough resources to pull it off. And so we came up with this idea of using the cooperative enterprise model in education which ultimately led to, to Optima business Bootcamp. Camp
0: hmm.
1: Wow, that is circuitous, but clearly you it sounds like you're drawing on everything that you've you've learned and, and experienced to to create Optima
2: Absolutely. It, it's come full circle from you know my mom splitting profits with the lady down the street uh, to us um, having accelerators that are splitting profits with each other
1: mm-hmm. So what do you think is needed to make people more aware of these benefits of cooperative economics or, you know, even B Corp just to throw out some of the others of thinking about fair trade. How do, how do we engage more people more easily? And what do you think are the the necessary requirements to make them successful?
2: Hmm. You know, we've got so much programming around business and um, how to get a business off the ground and, you know, what, what you need to look for in terms of sales growth metrics and profit metrics and financing, et cetera. And, and, and so much of that is very traditional, you know, business outlook uh, around whether it's around loans or around um, venture financing, or, et cetera. And I think that we've got to start deprogramming some of that because it's not necessarily getting us into um, the types of businesses that really can benefit our community and build wealth for our community um, and you know, start thinking about how we can own more. And when I say own more, I mean collectively own more because it's that ownership of business Ownership of house, housing, et cetera, that really builds wealth for for individuals and builds wealth within communities. And I think that's somehow gotten lost over, you know, the glo- you know the globalization of finance and the speed at which we can uh, trade things and um, the, uh, um, the the speed in which our financial markets work as well.
1: So it sounds like there's there's some additional policy questions that need to be addressed in addition to just educating people about what's possible.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of the policies are kind of directed to, to Wall Street. And yes, I was kind of a beneficiary of that having been in investment banking for about 10 years. Um, You know, when you look at, um, I I spent most of my time in mergers and acquisitions and often, did a little bit of financing, mostly for tech companies, and so you know every time we did a merger or acquisition, there was this term synergy, which often meant um, cutting people, uh, layoffs, um, cutting factories, uh, cutting jobs, uh, cutting costs in in different areas, and and so that was um, that was what drove. Shareholder value, which you know you're trying to maximize in these types of deals, and and so you know just looking at it that way, and all the time, uh, really doesn't take into the externality, It take into account the externalities of what's happening when you lay off somebody or cut those costs within the community. What does that do um, to the community itself? It makes it less resilient because those people don't have jobs or the procurement processes are not coming from, from the community and it has a ripple effect that can really devastate a community.
1: Yeah. So is the opportunity for the policy changes at the local level, the state level or the national level?
2: I think, you know, it's probably at at multiple levels here. Um, you know, I think that some in some places there have been local policies. Um, you know, some states have adopted uh, benefit corporations. Um, some states have improved their regulations around cooperatives. Um, but there's no like national standard around this either. And um, but there are national standards around um, how we deal with. Um, maximizing shareholder value in, you know, in, in corporations in, in some cases. And, and so I think that we really need to kind of, there's a lot of different things going on in different places and we really need to convene some of those and, and come up with some more national standards around that.
1: Mm-hmm. So now I want to take the conversation in a slightly different uh, direction here. So I was wondering do you see in the profile of applicants for Optima a common thread?
2: yeah theres there's a couple of common threads here um, you know one is that the people that we're working with um, are you know they're from our community there's a lot of genius uh, in our communities that is often overlooked by uh, traditional accelerators that are being highly selective around so tech ideas or um, ag tech ideas or, or, or whatever their domain is. And so they might not necessarily have had access to the type of education and resources that we're providing um, through design thinking and lean startup methodology, rigorous business planning, etc. cetera. Um, you know, another thing that, you know, they might have been operating their business as a side hustle or, um, you know, operating at a a small scale and uh, didn't really think of themselves as an entrepreneur, um, kind of an accidental business owner. And, and so they definitely don't think of themselves as a social entrepreneur. That that's not a term that is used in, in the community that much, but the business that they're, they're creating um, is doing social good in their community, uh, doing social good for them, uh, the types of people they're looking to hire, um, the types of businesses, and the ways in which they're doing businesses in procuring ingredients and um, you know self-expression, etc., um, are doing social good in the community. Uh, so you know I think that that we have. Um, a perception of what a social entrepreneur is that doesn't always match up with the people that we're working with. And, you know, I'm really excited that we're able to to bridge that gap through our programs.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. We have to take a short break. We'll be right back. We're speaking with Ronnie Langer-Kroger from Optima Business Bootcamp.
3: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors you can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Are you finding your frequency? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. News, News. Opinion. News.
0: You are listening to Envision with Thomas Rosenberg. To find out more about the program, please visit our website at regenerate.coach. That's regenerate.coach. You can also visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. Now back to Envision. Here again is Thomas Rosenberg.
1: Welcome back to Envision. We are here with Ronnie Langer-Kroger from Optima Business Bootcamp, and we were talking about the reasons why social entrepreneurship is important and the common threads that she sees in, in applicants to the accelerator. So I was curious, what categories or verticals do the applicant businesses typically fall into?
2: In our freelancers, we're working with people both on per, personal services and professional services. So health and wellness mm-hmm. practitioners, um, hairdressers, makeup artists, etc. And then professional services like graphic design, web development, nonprofit consulting, etc. And then in the small business and enterprise program, uh, we're working with people across uh, various sectors of our economy. Uh, we like to curate a class that um, has people coming from those various sectors um, instead of having a class that solely focused on tech or solely focused on manufacturing, et cetera, because we can uh, bring... By bringing those people together in a room, um, they start to see how other businesses work and um, behave in the community and create unlikely alliances. Uh, so we work with um, manufacturing... Uh, Makers, artisans, uh, services companies that want to go from being self-employed to being agencies, uh, arts organizations, health and wellness organizations, as well as uh, tech companies, uh, restaurants, and retail Hmm. in the small business and enterprise program.
1: Yeah, that's quite the range, but it
3: sounds like there's,
1: there's some consistency. So what makes... What qualities do successful applicants have? Those that you mentioned earlier—that there were roughly half of them of the businesses that have gone through the program are still in business. So, what mm-hmm. makes those businesses successful, or what makes those entrepreneurs successful?
2: Yeah, so I mentioned that uh, you know roughly half are probably still in business, uh, mostly because we try to offer a lightweight way for people to explore whether or not they even want to be in business. Because you know, another thing that happens with the entrepreneurs that we're working with is that they've often been told no all their lives, and so we really want to make sure that they have access to the resources to, to see if, if they even want to do this uh, and not be told no from from the beginning. So who are we to tell them that their their idea is not going to work in the marketplace? Um, we could be totally wrong on that, and and so this the ones that actually do uh, make it through the program and, um, and start their business and grow their business, um, you know, they have a deep commitment to their business and they are really you know, moving whatever blocks they might have out of the way um, to absorb the material to take advantage of the resources that we're providing them and um, all the other opportunities that may come along with being connected with our accelerator and Impact Hub in order to, you know, get their business up and running. So they demonstrate a lot of grit and resilience in the development of their business.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like they do. And I guess (laughs) it's always nice that they're able to actually – within the Optima community get a yes if they've always received a no in their life or yeah. at least the opportunity to, mm-hmm. to live into what yes might look like.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So and I think that's important. Yeah. As I was going to say I think that's important, um, you know, for us to create a resilient community is to have those places where um, people who Um, might come from backgrounds that are, that have been systemically oppressed, um, to have those spaces and places and, um, opportunities where people are saying yes and are supporting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, that makes, that makes sense. It just adds to the, the resilience of the community Mm -hmm. and the, the, what's possible. So that makes a lot of sense. Optima, in a slightly different tone, note the Optima recently won the Oakland Indie Award. So, congratulations on that. And I was wondering, was it a surprise, and did it change Optima's profile in the Bay Area?
2: Yeah, thank you. Last year, we were a recipient of the Innovative Newcomer Award at the Oakland Indie Awards, and um, so that was a deep honor because that followed in the footsteps of two organizations that helped us get off the ground, um, Kino Labs, uh, which I mentioned earlier, I worked on a, a, a startup weekend for Black Male Achievement, and that was through Kino Labs, and Impact Hub Oakland, uh, where we're resident at, and so it was a, a deep honor to, to, to be named Innovative Newcomer. Um, following those two organizations, and wow, yeah, that's awesome. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, just given how we started, um, you know, we started the same way we teach in terms of lean startup, and you know, our first cohort that um, that I ran, I was literally. Um, designing the lectures and the, the background materials and the group activities and business development activities the night before each class. And so um, I, I feel like we've come a really long way in the span of, of a short period of time with, with great recognition from our community. And, you know, that has come alongside a lot of help from our community, so it's it's really a great honor.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. and with the with the award, did you notice in a change in you know what were the changes in the profile? Who who took notice for the first time after you were awarded the Oakland India
2: Award? Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, you know I think that that we've gotten a lot more application volume from entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, people were like, "Oh yeah, we saw you at the Indie Awards a couple years ago," Um, and uh, we've uh, gotten—you know—we're in a lot of conversations uh, about the ecosystem of business support in in Oakland. Um, It, it, you know, we're 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 actually, you know, considered a player, um, not just some, you know, homegrown. Uh, business pro- support provider that um, you know has, has a small program that may or may not work but um, people are now seeing that we have a, a real program that really works and you know want, want to invite us to the table in those ecosystem conversations and, and, uh, and partner with us
1: mm-hmm. that's awesome so mm-hmm. if somebody is interested in bringing an accelerator to their community, what would they need to consider so the effort would be successful?
2: Just any accelerator? Well, perhaps
1: okay. specifically Optima. I mean, you, I'm thinking about what you were just saying regarding the, the help that you obviously increasing the recognition with winning the, the India Award helped bring, raise awareness amongst prospective entrepreneurs, but there's also you received a lot of help from the community, which helped mm-hmm. build your the, the organization and, and your success. So I was curious, you know, what's needed in if someone wanted to bring Optima to their community, what would they need to consider so that the the effort is successful?
2: Yeah, I've um, been doing a lot of speaking on this lately in in terms of um solutions and how we create solutions within our communities, I would say that kind of putting an accelerator down because it looks like it's the right thing to do is not necessarily the right thing to do. Um, One of the ways that we we got started was deeply engaging with our community and knowing who's already doing this work, um, having conversations with them. Uh, knowing who's kind of tangentially doing, you know, working with entrepreneurs and having conversations with them and, and getting buy-in from the community before actually starting the accelerator was really helpful for us. So we had organizations like, like, you like, um, like impact hub, uh, like um, two point Oakland that were really instrumental in, and even our business improvement district were really in, instrumental in helping us make connections, understand what was going on in the city, um, were understanding what the entrepreneurs needs were, opening doors with the entrepreneurs, et cetera. And you know I think that we oftentimes have this um, perception that if it worked in one community it's going to work in another community and you know, let's go take what we know here and just, you know, set it down and, you know, try to save that other community. And that's not necessarily the, the best way to, to create a solution in a community. So I, I would advise that anybody who's wanting to put any type of accelerator in their community to engage with them and understand what the needs are and, you know, understand If this is even the right solution, the way it's structured, uh, the type of curriculum that it provides, the type of mentorship that it provides, um, is this even the right solution for their community?
1: Mm. It's a very good point. Mm -hmm. We have to take another quick break, and we will be right back.
3: Streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voice america.com voice america presents a new kind of health awareness talk show the sharon kleina hour health environment and the power of water show host sharon kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world every show offers new information that could save your life The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us
0: surprise
1: you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand
3: 24-7. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to Envision with Thomas Rosenberg. To find out more about the program, please visit our website at regenerate.coach. That's regenerate.coach. You can also visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. Now back to Envision. Here again is Thomas Rosenberg.
1: Welcome back to Envision. We are here with Ronnie Langer-Kroger and we were talking about the importance of engaging with the community to find out what's needed before trying to start or attract an accelerator to your community. So I was wondering what you mentioned earlier that you've been speaking about at, at different locations I presume in different fora about what's needed and so I was curious you were you were just at the, at the Good Capital conference, is that correct?
2: Yeah, I was at at the Good Capital Conference in, in launch in New York in uh, actually this this past week.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and and we what, talked. What, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to ask you. Wait. What, what what were you what were you speaking about?
2: Uh, there was a design challenge there. A grand a grand challenge around uh, there were several different areas in, uh around impact investing and social entrepreneurship and um, I was one of the discussion leaders. For the uh, uh, one of the discussion leaders for the Enabling the Entrepreneur uh, Grand Challenge, and uh, you know, so some of the discussions that um, I can't really talk about specifically, but I can also, I can talk about them in the, the context of uh, a lot of conversations I've I've been having at other conferences is around you know how do we provide access. Um, to the resources um, a, at the right time, um, specifically for entrepreneurs who have been under re- historically under-resourced. And, you know, what do we need to do in order to to bridge that gap? And so that's that's been a lot of the conversations I've been having at, at Good Capital and, and other places.
1: Is, is there any common theme that seems to be coming up for, around that in terms of, like, what's needed, or is there a... Is it, it, really it really just engaging be, with the community and, and talking with them from see what's needed because it's yeah. so so different?
2: Yeah, definitely engaging the community and talking about you know what's needed, uh, making sure that people have a seat at the table, um, but but also it's kind of thinking about a multi pronged strategy. It really takes a village um, to support an entrepreneur and. You know, we're often seeing, you know, these stories about this self-made man um, who uh, bootstrapped and started his business and um, has been very successful at it and sold it and made lots of money and um, really have to look at, is that person really self-made? Or are we creating this narrative around that? And you know, what is that narrative? And how do we how do we switch that narrative to understanding that we we really are a collective that needs to work together um, to support each other, to support the entrepreneurs, uh, to create an ecosystem where the entrepreneurs are you know getting the right support at the right time, that they're getting access to capital, how they're getting access to capital also matters, Um, what kind of financial innovations, how do we fund all of this as well? Um, You know, not just thinking about the funding for the entrepreneurs, but how do we fund the people supporting the entrepreneurs as well? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're thinking family members or friends or other people who might be providing the support for that particular entrepreneur, whatever they're doing and however they're they're managing the people whose couch they're crashing on or what have you.
2: Yeah, it's family, it's friends, it's, it's the people that, you know, providing business support and mentors it, mm-hmm. are really vital um, for business success. Um, Thomas, you've mentored in in our program a couple of times, and uh, you know that that type of mentoring makes a huge difference in where a person's able to take that business
1: yeah, absolutely
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: absolutely mm-hmm. so what Where do you look for inspiration on on some of these issues obviously it's all y- your work has been a lot around social justice and, and education. So I was just curious, where do you look for inspiration?
2: The You know, some of the most inspiring people to me right now are the entrepreneurs that I get to work with on a daily basis. Um, they are really creating businesses that um, are serving their communities and they're doing it very mindfully and intentionally. Uh, they have come from Oftentimes, it's backgrounds that uh, you never would have thought, they never would have thought that they would be in business for themselves um, like this. And, you know, to see them day in and day out do what they do and come, you know, come at it from the standpoint of lifting each other up, lifting up other people in their community um, really inspires me.
1: That's awesome that's fantastic i'm I'm glad that the those who go through the program are are those who inspire you that's that's beautiful what is one lesson that you've learned thus far that you wish you knew at the beginning
2: <laughs> That's a great question um, you know this is uh We've, we've bootstrapped as well. So it's not just the entrepreneurs that we work with that bootstrapped. We've, we've bootstrapped as well. And, and so I, I kind of knew, you know, what kind of infrastructure. Actually, I definitely knew what kind of infrastructure that we needed as a business. But um, being able to build that infrastructure while running the business, I, I feel like um, we've been uh, building a plane while flying it at the same time. And so, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, um, and I don't know that I was totally prepared for that. Even though I'd been in another startup and i I'd, I'd been in um, in investment banking where things move very fast, uh, I uh, I had never been a CEO before. So I'd always been helping people build that infrastructure, and when you're responsible for um, the product, service delivery, and building the infrastructure at the same time, um, that, that was a lot to take on.
1: Yeah, that is a lot to take on. So what's next yeah. for you and Optima?
2: We are going to you know, stay the course in Oakland, keep, um, keep expanding our programming here and uh, serving entrepreneurs in Oakland, Uh, As I mentioned, we've uh, started our second accelerator in San Francisco, where we're recruiting for classes uh, that start in fall. Um, Mm -hmm. So we've got our initial cohort of freelancers uh, and an initial cohort of small businesses that will start with our launching a business class. And then um, I'm continuing to build out the infrastructure for the network itself so that we can um, expand probably regionally first. Um, there's a few, um, few sites uh, within the Northern California region that I'm looking at as a potential next expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then from there, uh, you know, the, the field is wide open uh, for, for other uh, groups within other cities to uh, to step up and say that they they're interested in starting something in their city.
1: That sounds fantastic. Well, thank you, Ronnie. It's been a pleasure having you here today.
2: Thank you, Thomas. I appreciate
1: it. It's been a lot of fun. We've been speaking about social entrepreneurship accelerators and the factors for success in building solid businesses and in a regenerative community. On our next show, our guest will be Mr. Ashanti Branch, founder and executive director of the Ever Forward Club. He'll be joined by some of the young men in the Ever Forward Club, and we would appreciate your feedback on this and any other show. Please send your questions and comments to envision at regenerate.coach. Look for announcements on my voiceamerica.com home host page, and you will be you will find there a recording of today's show other shows, my social media links, and those of my guests. Thanks again for joining today. I'm Thomas Rosenberg, and we'll be back next week.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Envision with Thomas Rosenberg. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week.